Good morning, guys. I'm so glad to see you guys bright and early on Sunday morning. Um, this is our first of only three sessions on, well, we're calling it Creative Bible Intake. It's basically on the spiritual discipline of Bible intake. And so glad to have you. Was Did, some, did most of you guys attend Connect a couple weeks ago? Was we're, we're a good number either? Okay. So if you attended Connect, then you kind of know what we're doing and why we're doing this. If you did not, it is online. You can look at it, although it's kind of scary. But <clears throat> um, it's like, whoo! So I looked at it and I was like, oh, me on video. Scary. But, um, but it, is, it was a beautiful time where we talked about the spiritual disciplines. The morning session talked about the spiritual disciplines. And in particular, how we as women of Cross Point are going to be focusing on those spiritual disciplines over the course of the next year. This quarter, we're looking at Bible intake, and then we will look, we will really hone in on prayer and then worship and then journaling over the summer of next year. And I know those are only four of many spiritual disciplines, but we thought that it would be a good idea. Obviously, we want to be practicing, um, working towards practicing all of them, but we thought it'd be a good idea to kind of focus in on one sort of at a time. It, the second session of that, uh, of the, <clears throat> the gathering we had a couple weeks ago talked about habit stacking and spiritual uh, goal setting and ways in which we should start working towards our spiritual growth step by step by step right? It's just like any kind of journey. If you're on a health journey and you decide to do everything at once, we decide, oh, I'm going to exercise a whole bunch. I'm going to eat perfectly healthy. I'm going to drink tons of water. I'm going to get all my sleep. I'm going to not have screen time. You know, we're going to do all these things at once. We, we can sometimes get a little overwhelmed when there's a good bit of growth that needs to happen in our journey, right? Whether it's our health journey or whatever. Um, honestly, this happens to me at my house. If I need to like organize I'm not going to say, I'm going to organize my whole house today because then I get really overwhelmed and end up like scrolling Instagram instead, right? But if I say, I'm going to organize my pantry today, that's still a little bit of an overwhelming task for me, but it's a lot better than I'm going to do the whole house, right? And then once that's done, then I can stack something else. Next week, I'm going to organize, I don't know, the drawers whatever. Eventually, it's going to all get done, okay? The same goes with our spiritual growth. So we're going to take baby steps, and today we're going to talk about Bible intake. The reason I called it Bible intake instead of Bible study is for obvious reasons. There's a lot of ways to bring, to take the Bible in, to engage with the Word of God, right? There's a lot of ways beyond study. Study is super important, and we're going to talk specifically about study at the beginning part of this, um, the talk today, but there's also a lot of other ways to take the Bible in, and I think it's important for us to kind of look at it as Bible intake instead of specifically as Bible study, as important as that is. The reason that we are talking about Bible intake first among the spiritual disciplines is because it really is the bedrock, right? The Word of God is the bedrock. That is the that is what we are clinging to. That is how we hear from God. So that is why we are looking at Bible intake first. So in 2 Timothy 3, 4 through 17, it says, and by the way, you have handouts 
And I will let you know when we get to the part that you're supposed to be filling in because I have some that are a certain number of blanks. I'll let you know when that is. So if you want, if you are a note taker, which I'm a total note taker, so it's fine if you are, you can go to just the notes page if you want. That's towards the back of your little, the handout I gave you, um, because we're not quite at that first check mark page yet, okay? <coughs> Apologize. So the one thing I wanted to just look at before we get started specifically, and by the way, let me just say this. Let me just get it out there. I have about 45 minutes. Okay. And I will say that this is originally a six-week class. Okay. This was going to be a six-week class. But it's been condensed down into three because we have something else coming in October. We didn't want to conflict with that. And last week was a holiday. So here we are, three weeks when it should be six. So we're not gonna get to everything necessarily, and, and even six is not enough, right? But we're not gonna get to everything, but because we have a hard stop, I'm gonna talk kind of fast. Now, the future weeks, the next three weeks, I'm hoping we're gonna do a lot more doing it together. But today is more of kind of an introductory kind of lesson, and so this is more of a me spitting it all at you. Just, there we go, okay? Um, and then hopefully the next two weeks, we're going to dig in a little bit deeper and about some different specifics, and we're going to practice what we're sort of learning, okay? So just kind of know that's where we're going today. So when you walk away feeling super overwhelmed, I heard the comment that I talked too fast multiple times after last, after Connect, and it's really because I'm staring at my watch, okay? So if you feel that way, don't worry about it. I've got this fancy microphone on for a reason. Tyler told me to put it on. I'm not sure where it's going, but apparently it's recording something. Hopefully. I don't really know if it is or not. Um, but so hopefully there'll be a chance for you to listen if you need to later. Okay. Back to 2 Timothy. So I want us to kind of start in 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. And I'm just going to read it. It says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And then verse 16, this is the part where we really want to just kind of use as our cornerstone and as our holding on point, right? When we're wondering why we're doing this. And it says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. Okay, so that's enough. It's profitable. Breathed out by God and it's profitable. That's enough to make me say, okay, that's where I need to be, right? But then he goes on and says it's profitable for a few things, right? Teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. Do you remember how? If you, were, if you watched us at, at, at Connect, we talked a lot about training and discipline and spiritual disciplines. And this is what this, this says, that scripture is profitable for training in righteousness, which is the most important training. Training for your 5K, training for your half marathon, that's awesome. Training for righteousness is eternal, right? Training for righteousness. Then verse 17, why? That the man of God may be complete. Do we all want to be complete? Equipped for every good work. So then there's more to it, right? So 
first of all, the scripture is there for a few things, right? Four things, teaching, reproof, correction, training, not just any training, but training in righteousness. And why? For two purposes. One, that we may be complete in doing the, in, 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 in partaking and in taking the scripture, that we may be complete. That's number one, sorry. And that we may be equipped. Right? So we've talked about a lot about how we have kind of a responsibility to point the world to the gospel. It's not about us. We don't do the Bible study just solely to understand the Bible more for our own edification. Uh-oh, I'm beeped on this microphone. Sorry. <laughs> um, we don't do it just for our own edification and just to say we understand the book of Esther or the book of Ruth or the book of Habakkuk or blah, 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 whatever it is. We don't do it just to be able to even gather with other women who are like-minded and discuss these things. That's fantastic. Okay, that's what we're doing here at Crosspoint. But really what we're doing is we're doing those things so that we can be equipped for good works. And what are the good works? The good works are what's required of us to be able to point others to the gospel. Because, right, we're all, we're all missionaries. We're all ambassadors. We're all wanting, that's what we want. We want this dying world to see the only thing that's going to save them. The only thing that's going to save this world. And that is the work of Christ on the cross of Calvary. And we have to remember that as we're doing our Bible study and as we're doing all these, as we're practicing these spiritual disciplines, as we're working hard in our training and righteousness and in godliness, we're, we're, we're working hard, but the, we got to remember our reason for it, okay? And that is to be ambassadors of Christ, okay? So four things that Scripture is profitable for in that verse, and then um, when you get home, think about well, how are they similar and how are they different, okay? Um, we're going to look at this, this. This is homework, homework for you. Um, I want you to look up the following verse and note what verses and note what each says about why the scripture was written. Okay, why was it written? This is in addition to 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. Romans 15, 4, 1 Corinthians 10, 11, John 20, 31, and Hebrews 4, 12. Okay, and then I want you in your own words, after reading those four and noting what, 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 why the scripture was written in each of those four verses, in your own words, describe why God's word is essential to your life. It's not a, that's not, I mean, it's not a rocket science answer, but I want you to write it down in your own words. Now, this is, that's homework for later today, though we're not going to do that right now. But I want you to take time before the end of the day to look up those four verses, read them, write them, summarize them, whatever you want to do with them understand what they say, and then why the scripture is so important to us. Because again, this is all about our why. If you don't know why you're doing it, you're not going to do it. Okay? 
All right, so let's talk a little bit about reading versus study. Okay, reading versus study. Reading versus study, there are, th that is, so I, 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 I don't know who it was that did it, but when this class first came out, it was titled, not by myself. I don't know who did it. I'm sure that it was, you know, I'm sure I'm the one who inspired the title. But the title was Reading the Bible. That was the title of this class. Didn't y'all just want to jump on that, right? Um, reading the Bible, how to read the Bible. And honestly, that is a very important part of scripture intake is reading the Bible. Yes, very, very important. Okay, but what I want to talk about is the difference between reading the Bible and studying the Bible. I see y'all over there. <laughs> I'm calling you out. Okay, so um, there are, I'm going to give you some more scripture. Are you ready? And I'm going to just say them really quickly uh, because this is, there's three scripture about reading the Bible and three scripture on studying the Bible. Okay, and I want us to look and think about the differences. So reading the word of God, Matthew 19, 4. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? Okay, just, I mean, seems kind of simple, but it's got that word. Have you read it? All right, so, so this, these are going to be jumping off points. All the scripture I'm giving you now, any one of them could be a jumping off point for the, thing, the techniques I'm going to give you in just a few minutes. All right, so just, just don't worry about stressing about them. Just get them down. Revelation 1.3, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it for the time is near. That, one, that one's like pretty applicable now, right? Right this very second. Okay, and then 1 Timothy 4.13, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. All right, so reading. Then let's look at three verses as far as study. Ezra 7.10 says, For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. Acts 17.11 Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So they received the word, and then what did they do with the word? They examined the word, right, that they had received. They, they were examining the word of God. They were studying it. I personally think that our pastor is very faithful. <laughs> I think what he has to say is usually spot on the money. I mean, really, he's on the nose. He's got a, a, he, has, he has the best understanding of scripture and doctrine and theology than anybody I've ever met. Okay, I say that. I mean, I know that I'm a little bit biased, but I mean, I have been in the church world for a very long time. I've heard a lot of preachers, teachers, podcasts, sermons, books, blah, blah. I don't know anyone who has a better understanding of the truth of God's word than Brad. However, According to Acts 17.11, I'm still supposed to take what he says and examine it for myself. Okay. So that's an important verse. 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, 
rightly handling the word of truth. Okay. So that's another way of saying rightly handling the word of truth. That's another way of saying examining it, studying it. Okay. So all of these things I'm pulling right out of context. I'm, pulling, whoop, I'm just pulling them right out. Okay. So as we're going to see a little bit later, that's not the best way to actually study the Bible, right? We need to be doing some different things to kind of get it back in context. But I did want to give you, we don't have time to do anything else right now for these. So I want to make sure I just throw those verses at you as a springboard. Okay, so reading, study. So to me, I'm thinking reading is more swath, big picture. Um, it is really important that we understand as believers that the Bible is one story from beginning to end, okay? From Genesis to Revelation, it is one big picture. Do you know, have you ever done like upper level math? Not even upper level, but math. All right, let's talk about math for a second, okay? Have you ever done math and you're like, this just does not make sense? Yeah, I'm seeing a north-south here, yes. And then all of a sudden, you've done all of this nonsense, like for months, and you're like, this doesn't make sense. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I see it. I see the big picture. I, yes, I'm seeing a yes. You know, you're like, I see the problem. I, I, I see the answer. I can, I can see it, right? This is the way we need to look at the Bible. Now, we're not going to understand it like we can potentially understand organic chemistry which <laughs> that was my biggest struggle. That's why I use it as an example. Every once in a while I'd say, I see it. And then I'm like, ah, I don't see it anymore. <laughs> it's gone, it's gone. Um, but here we are. Um, but, but we will be able to see more of the big picture if we're reading the whole thing. That's why this whole reading the Bible through a year is such a big deal, right? Now, do it, don't do it, I don't care. We need to be reading the word, the big pictures. So we need to make a goal of reading through the word of God. That needs to be one of your spiritual growth goals, not for the quarter. Don't do that to yourself. Although it's doable, but it's, I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. I actually tried it one time. There was this whole 90 days through the Bible thing. It's like, you know, how do people do this when they actually have a life, you know, have other things they got to be doing. Anyway, I, now I just, I just call myself out as completely non-spiritual because I failed completely in that goal. But you can read it over a year, two years, three years. Doesn't matter. There's nobody, there's nobody like timing you. But make it a goal and maybe just take it one book at a time, you know? And, but, but reading through the entirety of the Word of God is really important. So that's kind of whoop big. And then there's study which is taking a smaller portion, whether it's big or small, doesn't matter how big it is, but it's smaller than the whole Bible. And we're digging deeper, okay? And we can dig really deep. You can dig just a little bit or you can dig way down, okay? So, and there is, so, so there is a difference to these, but they're both critical. They're both important. Do not get in this mindset that one is more important or more holy than the other because they are both important to do. Okay. All right. So we are going to emphasize, we are going to talk about just a little bit, just for a minute on um, Bible study and a method of Bible study that has been around forever. And it's in your, it's in your book under inductive Bible study. It's sort of the hallmark. It's the one most people kind of use as far as study goes. I'll just give you some pretty simple um, basics on it. I, um, I, 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 I tend to lose focus around this 
time in the talk. Well, we've been talking for a little while. So I made everything kind of, um, took me a while to, to make it, to, make, to fit them all into like the same letter, but you'll see what I mean. Okay. Um, this is totally my words, but it gets the idea across. So inductive Bible study, the deal is, is that there's a lot of people who have kind of been known to do this, like in big picture, like um, K. Author, for example, Jen Wilkin. That's great. They have their little, their, I say little, they have their methods, but it's all, the, it's all the same. It's all inductive Bible study. And we need to recognize that. And we need to be conscientious about not cult following somebody. I say that because I had a book, a book about inductive Bible study, and I had somebody come to my house. She doesn't go to Cross Point. They were visiting from out of town. And she said, oh, she stole that from K. Author. She stole that. That's her thing. It's like, um, well, no, no, that's, that is just, that's just kind of the way we, we look at God's word. So think of it as how you look at God's word. All right. So, but we're going to start before we actually get into the three steps, which are common steps. There's multiple, but we're going to break it down to three. We're going to start by the way I prefer. And let me see how, oh, I don't think I have my little handout. I don't know what I put in there. How many little, little lines do I have for start? Just one. Let me see here. Oh, just two. Okay, good. Got it. Um, uh, the rest of them I have numbered. I just didn't have those, those numbered. So there's two things we're going to do before we start any, like this method, okay? Don't get overwhelmed with this method either. It's just kind of the way we're going to look at the Bible. So the first one is we read the passage. We read the Bible. We read the passage we're going to study. So if you are going to be focused in on, let's say that you're brand new to Bible study, which by the way, does anybody have, if somebody's brand new to Bible study, does anybody have a suggestion as to where maybe they should start? Anybody, where did you guys start? You just holler it. John, absolutely. The gospels are fantastic. John is a fantastic one because it teaches you about who Jesus is. First John is smaller. Yep. Proverbs. Okay, Proverbs. Proverbs are a nice little adjunct to your study too, right? Because they've got all those little awesome little nuggets. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. The Gospels. Yep. Yep. The Gospels. And comparing the Gospels, comparing, contrasting the Gospels, that's an interesting exercise too. And that kind of gets you where you where you can learn a lot more about who Christ was, who Jesus was. Anybody else have, a, have what, their starting place? Yes, Shannon. Okay, yep. Yes. Well, and so that leads to like learning who these people were in the Bible and then how that relates. Because remember, everything is all part of the big picture. So when you're reading Esther, for example... When you're reading about Jonah or some of maybe these smaller, smaller books, remember that it's more than just a moral story, right? It's more than a moral story. It is totally part of the big picture. I'll never forget the, the, the I don't remember the exact day, actually, so maybe I will forget. But I'll never forget the time in my life when I figured this out a little bit better. When I figured out that I was not supposed to put myself in the role of the hero of the story, because how often do we hear that? There's like t-shirts about it. 
be like Esther, be like Ruth, be like blah, 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 blah. David came to my mind. Y'all, I'm sure you've heard this story. Brad's probably said it from the pulpit. But, you know, be like David, be courageous like David with the Goliath, you know, with the whole thing. You know, be courageous. Stand up to your, facing your giants. Oh my gosh. It's a big old movie about it. I know the people who made the movie. It's fun. Okay, great. I like football too. But facing your giants, be the, be the David. Well, when I realized that I am not David, but I am the stinking Israelite sitting on the sideline who's too scared to face the giant, I don't have the ability to face the giant. I'm going to get smushed by the giant. When I realized that was me, everything changed. Because then I was like, who is David? Right? David is a type of Christ, typology. Oh, I need to add that. We should add that in the next couple of weeks. We don't have time to do that. Typology is another way to study. But type, he's, a, it's a, he's a type of Christ. David is the hero, and that's Christ. That's not me. So when you come into these stories like Esther, be like Esther. Be faithful like Esther. Be fa- y- y- yes, that's good. That's good. But what we need to recognize is it was the providence of God in that entire book. God's not even mentioned in that book. It's only two books I think that God's not mentioned in. I made the mistake of saying there was just one. And actually, I'm not sure I'm completely wrong in that. Anybody know the other one God's not mentioned in? Song of Solomon. Although the very last verse in the ESV does say something about the Lord, but in the other languages, it doesn't. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's, you don't need to know that. Bottom line is, is even though God's not mentioned, God is all in it. Okay, so, all right, side note. That was the, the complete side note. I got to get back on track. Um, so I think, I like Colossians as a start, as a jumping off point if you've never read the Bible because it is, to me, it's, I mean, it's also short, okay? But it's just a beautiful picture of um, who we are in Christ. Um, you can also start with like, y'all gonna laugh, but you throw Romans 8. Just start with that one chapter. Just one chapter and dig in on that one. So there's a lot of different places you can dig in, but you got to read it first. Read the passage first. And then the second thing is to pray. And oftentimes we forget about this component of Bible study. Now we're going to be talking specifically about prayer next quarter, but we're not going to leave it off just because we're not really concentrating on it in this little system, right? Pray before you get into the word. There's a couple things that I pray for every time, okay? There's two things. First thing I pray for is that God will show me something fresh and new because probably, and I'm not saying this to pat my own back, but probably I've read the passage before that I'm studying, potentially, right? Maybe a long time ago, but, you know, but I need to learn something new because the word is living and active. And it is sharper than a two-edged. So, you know, all these verses I'm quoting, you know, it's lit. Bottom line is you're going to learn something new every time you read it, even if you read the same thing over and over and over again. Okay, so that's the first thing I pray. Show me something new. And the second thing I pray, and this is probably just me, but I pray for focus. I pray that my time, whatever the time is that I have set aside, my time is, is it, that I can, it's fruitful, that I'm not distracted. And I actually literally pray for that. Don't allow me in my mind to be so distracted by my to-do list and all the things I need to do. 
because I get so distracted so easily. And so those are the two things, and then there's a lot of things you can pray, but those are the two things specifically that I pray when I'm getting ready to start Bible study. It doesn't take but a second, and God hears it, okay? And he answers. All right, so let's move on. So we've got the first thing is observation. Okay, so this is the first part of Bible study. This is the first thing you do. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you that all three of these things I'm saying here, I think I wrote them on there, right? No spoiler. Observation, interpretation, application, right? You've heard them before. It sounds familiar. Anybody not heard them before? Don't raise your hand. Um, we've mostly heard them before, um, but, and they all sort of fit together. Okay, so you're going to do, a li- you know, sometimes you're like, oh, am I doing interpretation during my, during my observation? And I'm doing observation during interpret. It's okay. It's okay. Deep breath. We're going to let go of our perfectionist tendencies, but we're going to have a general idea of how, to, of how we're going to approach Scripture. Okay, so observation. So this is basically what does the passage say? What does the passage of Scripture we're studying that we chose to study, what does it say? Whether it's one verse or one book. What does it say? So here's how we're going to discern, determine that. And I've give, given us all P's here. I'm so cute. <laughs> all right. Number one, practicalities. As we study the passage of Scripture, we're going to constantly be thinking about the practicalities of it. The who, the what, the when, the where, the why, the how, right? This is, these are the building blocks of observation. All right, we're going to look at just that passage. We're not going to be going all over Scripture at this point. We're just going to be looking at that passage. And by the way, the way I'm telling you that this is just one example of how to study the Bible, right? There's a lot of different ways to study God's Word. And I'm going to go over a few uh, um, like other little, little things you can be doing within this. But just know this is sort of kind of one of the ways that most people agree can be helpful. Um, but don't feel like, you know, like if you've got this whole system going and it works for you, <laughs> that you're wrong, okay? Um, but figure that out, who, what, when, and look at the passage. And the way I do it is I look specifically at that passage. Maybe I have to go a little bit above and beyond the passage, depending on how big the passage is. But I'm not going all over the Bible to figure this out right now, okay? Not, not quite yet, okay? Um, I'm going to look at kind of where we are in time, time period, the main characters. Um, the historical context within the passage, okay? I'm, look, I'm looking at all of that. Um, let me move this over here. Um, I am I'm, I'm also kind of, um, I'm, I'm not reading anything extra at this point. This is really important. I'm not going to my... Um, Bible dictionary. I'm not going to my coordinates. I'm not going to my, I have this like um, historical dictionary kind of thing. It like gives all of like what's happening during that time. And I think it's really fascinating and interesting. I'm not going to that at this point. I'm just looking at this passage. All right. And then number two is purpose. So one, the practicalities in the passage. Number two is purpose. And these are, I'm looking for keywords and verses that emphasize the purpose of the writing. And the main point, why was this written? Why did the Holy Spirit inspire the writer to write this? What was the purpose of this verse, chapter, book? What was the purpose? And then I'm going to be looking at key words and, 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 um, and key phrases, okay? 
And then the third one is ponder. All right, and this is when, this is my favorite part of this, this process. This is when I take a blank piece of paper and there's a blank piece of paper on, your, on, your, on the back of one of your notes papers for you to do this. This is where I mind map, I brainstorm, I make lists of everything I'm noticing in the passage. I compare and contrast things that are within the passage. I look for anything that's repeating, a repeating word, a repeating thought. Okay, I, I, I look for just, I mean, there's, <coughs> sorry, there is um, a lot of just kind of free flow. There's nothing wrong. I'm still not looking at a commentary. I'm still not looking at, I'm still not going to online to see what John Piper thought about it, right? I'm not, I'm not asking Brad about it. I'm, I'm just, just just seeing what I think, what I think. And this is where you're going to write down any questions you have too, okay? Any words you feel like you want to define. Maybe you know what it means, the word, but you don't know what it means in context of the scripture and you're kind of scratching your head and you're just going to write that down. Just jot it down, just, just everything, okay? I'm going to back up a minute and talk about um, where to do this exercise. There's a lot of different options here. I do think one is that it is a good idea to be able to have a copy of the Word of God that you can write on. Now, that doesn't have to mean a Bible. You can actually go online and, you know, copy and paste into a Word document, print it out, and double space. That's a good way to do it. I love these. I love these. Do you guys have these? Anybody seen this? This is the, um, it's a, it's a um, scripture journal. It's ESV scripture journal. This happens to be Hebrews because I'm doing it for the first time. I'm trying it with sermon notes. Um, the problem is there's not enough room in here because he does like four sermons on the same passage, so I have to add to it. But, um, but what it has is, let me show you the blank. It has the passage on one side, okay, and then it has a blank page on the other. I love this. I love this, this journal because I can go through the passage and each one. And oh, by the way, did you get the little QR code thing up there? It's up there. Um, it's there. This is in the link. There's links to it on Amazon because there's each book. Each book is like maybe five or six dollars. And then they've got the whole set, you know, whatever. I have the New Testament set. I don't have the Old Testament set yet because it's a little more expensive. So I just get one by one when I do those. But it is, um, they have pretty ones now. They're not all black and ugly. I got them when they were all black and ugly. Now they've got pretty ones. Um, but I love them. Okay, they also have different translations. Different translations have now jumped on this. I think maybe NIV has one, but um, I don't know if CSB does or not. But anyway, I like doing this. But finding a way that you can engage with the Word of God by like writing in it, sometimes it's helpful. Now, if you choose not to do that, just make, have a piece of paper right next to the Bible. Easy. Easy breezy. Okay. All right. Oh, let me get this out of my way. All right. So we got those three things. All right. Let's move on to interpretation real quick. So interpretation. We're not going to get through half of what I want to do today, but that's okay. Interpretation. What does the Bible mean? Okay. Now we are still, um, we are still going to start by doing this on our own. Okay. To start with. Which means that we're not going to we're not going to other sources yet. We're going to figure out interpretation 
even if you end up being wrong, if you, I mean, if you interpret it and you're like, ooh, then you go and you look it up later on and you're like, ooh, I was way off. That was, not, that was not even part of what he was thinking. You know what? You will learn it better, right? Even if you end up like, ooh, that's not quite right, okay? This happened to me with a Bible story recently with a, a, a story that somebody asked me about and I just like off the cuff just said something and, and I was like, I don't know if that, that was quite right. And I went back and looked. It wasn't a story, but it was a, it was a passage of when Peter was being rebuked. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The, the point was, I was like, I went back and read it and I was like, oh, I had that wrong. I just kind of didn't interpret it right, you know. And, but now I know. And now I remember the interpretation of it a lot better. Uh, and, and again, some things, there is no right or wrong. Some things there are. Some things there are not. But, but doing it on your own is really important. Something called failing forward is growth. Have you ever heard the term failing forward? This is when you are, I know you have, failing forward is when you, when you make a mistake, when you fall, when you get it wrong. But instead of letting it set you back, okay, and being discouraged by that, let it spur you forward to keep growing because you're still moving forward. So fail forward. All right. So the first thing we're going to talk about is, and these all start with C's. Number one in interpretation is context. Um, we've looked a little bit about context within the passage, but now we're going to dig a little deeper in context. We're going to look at the historical and the cultural context. We're going to read other sections around this one. We're going to seek the full counsel of God. We're going to look at other, other sections to see what is the context of this passage. Okay. The second one is cross-referencing. This is letting scripture interpret scripture. So you all have, most Bibles have little teeny tiny, you can barely read them. Even these little bitty Bibles have little cross references, right? The little, the little like letters and it gives you another. Have you ever noticed what that, what that was all about? That's a whole, that could be a whole class on on its own. Okay. But there's these little teeny tiny verses. Like I just happened to open this one. And there's a little one here, and it says, chapter 8, 23 in Hebrew, and I'm in Jeremiah. I just opened it, Jeremiah. So that is what you call a cross-reference. So, so what I'm going to do if I'm in my passage is I'm going to go through, and I'm going to find any of those little letters that are in my thing. There are cross-referencing Bibles. I have a cross-reference. It's, that's all it is. It's just cross-references. It's like, whoa. It's really, really overwhelming. But it's really good if you're just doing a small bit of, of Scripture. So what you'll do is you'll go and you'll read that verse in Hebrews and see, why did they, they cross-reference it? Sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes they quote it, right? It's something in Psalms and they quote something in the Old Testament. But sometimes it's not as obvious. So thinking through that, okay, that's cross-referencing. Letting Scripture interpret Scripture. I'm still not going to, if I have my study Bible, by the way, I do not do this part in a study Bible because I'm way too tempted to read the bottom and figure out what's going on. I mean, I just really am. Has, has anybody ever gone to a passage of scripture and started at the bottom? <gasps> I have. I have. I mean, uh, you know, I, I caught myself pretty quick. But I was like, I just want to know what this is all about. Well, you know, that's not what God wants us to do. So I do this part not in a study Bible. Okay, so cross-referencing. Number three is capture. That's a little bit of a stretch for a C word, so sorry. But this is basically paraphrasing and summarizing. They're, base, they're kind of the same thing, but paraphrasing means to write it out kind of in your own words. 
And summarizing it is similar, but that's more for longer passages. But this is, to me, a great step to see where you are in your understanding, in your interpretation of the passage. Write it out in your own words. Get over the fact that you don't want it read. Get over the fact that it might be embarrassing because you don't really completely understand it. Just get over that. Throw it away if you need to at the end. Or save it and see how much you grow next time you study this passage. That's even more encouraging. We'll talk about that next summer. But anyway, the, um, you know, but bottom line is, is just rewrite it in your own words. Okay, then the fourth one is clarify. And this is where you're going to go back to those questions and those words. And you're going to pull out your dictionary, a regular dictionary, a Bible dictionary. Go online at this point and look at, um, look at what certain words mean. You can do as, as far as deep as you want. You can do full word studies on, on specific words. But this is basically just kind of clarifying the parts that you're a little bit confused about. Maybe when you were summarizing it, you were like, you know, not really sure what this means, but I'm going to just go for it. And then you can come back and we can start clarifying those things. And then the, the fifth step, and this is the last step. So far, you have not done anything as far as hearing what someone else has to say about this passage, right? You might have been looking up, you might have looked up a word, um, but you've not really looked up somebody else's ideas. And so the fifth thing I do put on here is commentary, because I do think that this is a good last step in your interpretation is faithful commentary. This is where you pull out your study Bible, right? And this is where you can finally read the bottom. Or you can go to Precept Austin and read some of their commentaries. I love that, um, that website. Um, so this is commentary, okay? Now, there are other steps to this. Some of you guys may do this completely different, and I would love to be able to go around the room and see how some of these people who've studied in the Bible just much more effectively than I do. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. The, we are, you have your own steps and your own way of doing things. But for the sake of time, this is how I've concised it. I mean, condensed it. All right. And then the last point is application. And this is basically how should it change you? So once you know what a passage says and what a passage means, then you are not only responsible for putting it into practice in your own life at this point, but you are accountable if you do not. So this is a very important last step. And when I'm going, kind of going through this, it doesn't mean you have to sit down for like two hours and do all this. This is just in general going through a pass when you're studying a passage, okay? But we have to figure out how it applies. Now, application is probably going to weave its way through, just like observation and interpretation are kind of sometimes a little smushy, right? A little swishy. Application is going to weave itself through all of these as well, because you're going to be in the middle of observation and go, ooh, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to say, ding, 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 ding. You need to apply this to your life. So don't think of this as a completely separate step, but think of this as something that you're going to be doing throughout, but that you need to make sure you do. Okay, so application is um, the goal of personal Bible study is a transformed life and a deep and abiding relationship with Christ Jesus for others, right? 
So 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, again, I read at the beginning, all scriptures inspired by God, profitable for teaching and reproof, correction, training and righteousness, so that the man may be adequate, equipped for every good work. We have to move beyond the learning and go to the applying. Okay, so I've got three things for this and they all start with ease. Pretty good, right? One is evaluating imperatives. Okay, so this step is the easiest one. This involves identifying and examining imperatives or commands found in your passage. All right, I'm not going to give examples of everything because um, it would take too long, but you know, you kind of know what I'm talking about, right? Um, all right, so let me, I just opened up my book, my, my book, my, my book. To 1 Timothy, chapter 2 says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all those in high positions, so that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Okay, so anybody can figure out there is an imperative there, right? Yeah, it was, yes, it was written in this time, but it is God-inspired, Holy Spirit-inspired, and it is for us today, so there is an imperative. So what is my imperative there? I'm to pray for my leaders. Whether I agree with them or disagree with them, I'm to pray for them. Anyway, so there anything that's an indicative, an imperative, you need to put that, you need to think about that and, 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 and do it. It's obedience. It's obedience. It's important. Okay, so number two I've written, and, and these are all, again, I use the word smushy a lot because I'm sort of making this up as I go a little bit because it's kind of how, how I think through it. Somebody else probably has a much better way to think through it. But my number two is exploring God's attributes. Exploring God's attributes. And this is, in this phase, in this part of the process, we're discovering the attributes of God in the passage. And then we're thinking about how we can reflect those and how they inform our relationship with him and others, okay? How can I reflect that quality back to him? How can I reflect that quality to others? I'm not God, I'm not ever gonna be God, I'm not ever gonna have all the, you know, all his, his, his stuff, but I'm supposed to be growing in Christ-likeness. I'm growing in godliness, and that means that I'm supposed to be bearing fruit, right? The fruit of the Spirit, not my fruit. The fruit of the, 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 fruit of the Spirit, that's a whole nother talk. Sorry, I'm not going to go down that, that road. But I, I, I'm supposed to be set apart, and the world is supposed to see me, and they're supposed to see something that reflects the image of God in me. Now, we are all made in the image of God, right? So. So to some extent, this is all people. But for Christians, for believers, we're to be reflecting his qualities. And that's kind of why I've called this exploring his attributes, because I'm going to look at what does it say about God? What does it say about the gospel? And how can I reflect those same qualities? And then the third one is, and this one actually is, um, this one actually I stole from Jen Wilkins. Have you ever read her book? And this is examine your, um, ex well, examine your, she uses an acronym called PAST, P-A-S-T, 
Okay. Have you ever read her book? I think it's in her book. I don't know. I came across it sometime and I really like it. Um, so instead of coming up with something clever myself, I'm just stealing it. Y'all don't care. Um, but you want to examine some qualities and think how they can change in light of what you're learning. All right. And so she uses the acronym PAST, and that stands for prayers, actions, speech, and thought. And I really like that. And I, you know, I couldn't necessarily make it better. So those things, how can I change my prayer life in, in, in thinking about what I've learned? How should my actions change? How should my speech reflect the attributes of God? And how should I, my thought life, my thinking, how should that be changing? So those are the things for application just in a bullet point for that, okay? Um, all right, so the next part of my talk, we don't have time for, but I'm going to read these things very quickly, and then we're going to dig into them next week. Don't worry about writing them down because we're going to do it next week. I just, wanna, I just want to give you several ways in which to engage in God's Word, some of them included in this Bible study part and some not. And here's why I'm going to throw them at you right now, because when you hear one that you want to try this week, I want you to write that one down. All right, everybody write down one thing that maybe you're not comfortable with, not familiar with, and you want to try it this week. Now, maybe it's going through this process in a passage of Scripture that you want to to try to see how that works. Maybe it's just part of it, maybe some part of it that you're not comfortable with doing that we've already talked about. But I really want to just just rattle off these things and just write down one, okay? So number, ways to engage in God's Word, reading the Bible. We've already talked about that one, the reading. Um, number two, listening to the Word of God. All right, we're going to talk more about that next week, and I've got some, sample, some examples for you. Um, listening to the Word of God. Number three, reading different translations. I have a whole discussion on that. We're going to talk about word for word, thought for thought, paraphrase, all the things. Okay, we're going to use fancy words, but it's going to be good. All right, so that's number three. Number four is writing out the word, writing out a passage of scripture. Uh, number five is praying through scripture, praying through a verse. If you're not familiar with that, we'll talk about that. Number six is meditation, and we're going to talk about that over the course of the next couple of weeks because the world has stolen that term, and we need to be doing it. Okay, real quickly, meditation is your mind filling, not your mind emptying. Biblical meditation. That's a super quick way. Think about that. Read Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Um, meditate. The world's version of meditation is to empty your mind, right? Whole thing. Sit cross legged, empty your mind, right? God's, the way God requires us to meditate is to fill our minds with Him and His Word. It's completely different. There's other verses there too. We'll get to it next week. I'm, look, I'm going to start to get on path. Look, I have two pages on meditation. Holy cow. I got a whole example. All right. Um, what else? Uh, seven, uh, create mental pictures using all your senses when you're looking at a verse. How did it smell? How did it sound? How did it look? How did it taste? How did it 
feel, just put yourself in the picture. Uh, number eight is dictionary. We've already talked about that, looking up words in a dictionary. Number nine is follow the question. Write, write down a question and then um, look it up later. Um, the question that you have in your mind. Uh, number 10 is outlining a passage. And we're going to talk about how to do that over the course of the next three weeks, just doing a, your own outline. If you have a study Bible, you have pretty good outlines in the study Bible at the beginning. Don't look at that before we do this exercise. You're going to outline it on your own. All right. Number 11 is to find a featured person in the passage. Do a biographical study on that person. I was going to say, we're going to talk about that too, but I'm, I'm going to be realistic. We're not going to get to all this, but that, but we'll, I'll try to get some, I'll try to get some resources at least for you. Number 12 is to draw it out and be representative, not literal. You don't have to be an artist. Okay. This one is near and dear to my heart. I love this one. Um, but that's one way. The, the next one is to ask specifically what this teaches me about God, what this teaches me about the gospel. Where is Christ in this? The, uh, the quote from Charles Spurgeon that all, what is the quote? Just as all roads lead to London, all roads in England lead to London, so all, path, all scripture leads to Christ. I'm paraphrasing. It's a really good quote though, look it up. Because everything in, um, at the time in London led back to the main city. Everything in England led back to London. Everything in the, the whole narrative of the Bible leads to the cross, leads to Christ. All right, the next one is to speak out loud the passage or this one's a fun one if you've got kids, act it out, act it out. And then the last one is to summarize it. We've already talked about that a little bit. So, um, oh, bonus, a bonus that's not actually on your list is memorization, okay? Memorizing a passage of scripture and there's several verses on that. And I have a whole little um, little technique on doing that. All right, in the back of your of the little handout I gave you, there is a scripture reading plan. And all the only reason I put that in there is because if you want to practice, this just gives you some options. Those are it's just on Bible intake. It's just several verses. Um, and if you want to, you don't have to use it. If you're already doing another Bible study, awesome. But if you need somewhere to start, I've given you several scripture and then there's several here too. Um, hopefully over the next few weeks, we'll be able to look at these a little bit more, um, a little bit more in depth as far as how to do some of these other techniques. But I think that maybe this will get us started. Yes? Yes? Any specific questions about what we've talked about today? Any specific comments anywhere where I was heretical? Go ahead. Just give it to me now so we can have it on recording. <laughs> Any corrections? Mm -hmm. Yes. Very good question, um, and it really depends on what you're doing and how big the passage is and how in-depth you're going to go. Uh, I, tend to, I tend to do it over time. I tend to take a passage of Scripture that I'm wanting to study, and I will take one of my times that I've set aside to study, whether it's 15 minutes or 20 minutes or not, whatever the time frame is, and I'll focus specifically on observation. And then I'll come back to that. And then I'm kind of thinking about it through the day. 
through the next couple of days. Maybe I wrote it on a post-it note. If it's small enough, maybe I'm listening to it on a podcast. Just, you know, there's several podcasts and there's several apps that will just, you know, read the same verse over and over again, interestingly. And I'll listen to it over and over. And then the next day I'll come back and maybe look at interpretation. Um, and again, application sort of weaves throughout. The Holy Spirit will start talking to you about application throughout. And then I might come back for application. So usually I do not do all this at one time. And again, it depends on how deep I want to study. If I'm, if I'm teaching something, if I'm teaching a passage, I'm going a whole lot deeper usually, which is why I like to teach, because I'll go a whole lot deeper than if I'm not. Um, so, yeah. And so that's why it's a good idea for you, you to teach, by the way. Whether you're teaching your children, the specific passage. I'm not talking about just these techniques. This is easy. I'm talking about the specific truths of God's word in a passage of scripture. Learn how to do this and then teach it to somebody else. Whether it's teaching it to a friend, whether it's teaching it to your children, whether it's teaching it in a class, whether it's whether it's teaching it, you know, just reviewing it with someone and kind of teaching it to each other, practicing teaching it to each other over a cup of coffee. You know, teaching it to someone is you're going to know it a lot more because you don't want to get it um, you know, get it wrong. I hope that answers. Anything else before we head out? Okay, ladies, thank you for coming. Let's close in prayer and then we will head to the service and then hopefully y'all will come back next week. We'll see where we go from here. We'll start with these 15 things. You can write them down then and we'll dive in a little bit deeper on a couple of them. And then we're going to move on to, um, a couple of things more specifically. And um, I'm really, again, this is just going to be a springboard, and I hope that it gets your brain rolling as to all the possibilities of, of uh, Bible intake. Yes. Oh, that's this week. Perfect. Perfect. This would actually be a really cool thing to do in a discipleship, in a mentor relationship, is what, in addition to the resources that... Um, are given as suggestions going through passages of scripture together again kind of teaching each other i think you can be as a mentor you can teach the mentee but then you can also kind of flip the switch a little bit right and have the mentee teach you something as well so i think that this is um everything's all connected okay let's close in prayer Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your blessings over us just in general for giving us your word. Thank you for the fact that we can know you. We can truly know you. We can know who you are just simply by digging into your word, by reading your word, by studying your word, by taking it in different ways. I pray that you allow us to remember this each day and remind us of the importance of your word and how you're wanting to grow us and train us in righteousness. I thank you for these women that are here and that are interested. And I pray for each and every one as, as they face their days tomorrow, that they are just wrapped in your peace and your love and that you protect them from the arrows of the enemy that will surely try to come against us when we're digging into you more effectively. I thank you, Father, that you are stronger. You are more powerful than anything that can come against us. And we, we just, we give you praise in advance for our own spiritual growth, not for our sake, but so 
that we can point others to you. Allow those opportunities to come up so that we can share the beautiful good news of the gospel with others this week and every week. It's in your name we pray, amen.